Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I am your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. So happy to be back with you guys for another episode. As always, the music that you're hearing is from my good friend Ryan Allwart. Super grateful for him letting us use this music each and every episode. Guys, the guest this week is one of my favorite people. Pastor Adam Weber from Embrace Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota is a guy that I've enjoyed getting to know this year, and we had such a great time talking earlier this summer about his new book, Love Has a Name, which actually comes out tomorrow, and I got a chance to be on the book launch team for his book, and I'm just so excited for this book because the way that it's told is such a unique way, and he's going to talk more about that in the conversation, but I just think that right now, the topic of loving people, especially as we enter into a potentially contentious election season, is a topic that we need to be speaking more about. And as Christians, we obviously need to be focusing on loving each other each and every day, no matter what the circumstances are. And so I love this book. I love the concept behind it. And I'm so excited for this conversation. We talked earlier in June. So this is a conversation that I've been waiting about two months to be able to share with you guys. And his book, like I said, comes out tomorrow. And so make sure that you guys get a copy of that. We'll have plenty of information about that in this episode. But thank you guys so much for joining. I hope you guys enjoy hearing from Pastor Adam Weber. Well, Pastor Adam Weber, it's so great to have you on this show. I hope everything's going well for you. Uh, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, Cole, huge blessing. Excited to connect with you. Honored to be on the podcast today. Things are, are crazy, obviously, with life in general, but things are really, really good. One of the things that I, I wanted to ask you about, you know, as a pastor, 2020 has just been a, a year that has rocked all of us in some way. I mean, just starting from January until now, there's a lot of things that pastors have had to account for this year. And, I, and I've been fortunate. I've had several pastors on this show. I had my own pastor on as well. We were talking about how he was handling coronavirus and everything. Just from your perspective as a pastor, what has it been like to shepherd your your congregation during this year and especially during the coronavirus and then obviously now during a lot of these race issues that we've been dealing with in our country. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of been the, the range of emotions, everything from a huge honor to think about leading during this time. Um, there's moments though that I've felt completely overwhelmed um, of just like, I don't, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know what to say. And um, you know, I'm worried about saying the wrong things about whatever, what, you know, the virus or racism. And um, so just a lot of feelings that way. And at the same time, like I'm processing it all myself. I haven't lived through 2020 before another year, like the pastors listening and the listeners, they haven't lived through 2020 before. So it's all new for them in many ways as well. And um, so it's, it's been the range of emotions of like, what an awesome, amazing opportunity to be the church. And I can't believe I get to shepherd this people. And other times it's just like, I kind of want to take my ball and go home. <laughs> and because, because I'm figuring this, I'm trying to figure this out too. And um, kind of my, one of my MOs in life is being quick to say, I don't have it all figured out. Um, even pastoring, like how to start a church. Oftentimes people will reach out to me and say, Hey, Adam, you pastor this church. And then it exploded and like, it's just growing and stuff. How'd you do it? And I always try to ask, put an asterisk, like, Hey, I got nothing figured out. Like I, I did this one time and by the grace of God, it, it it's working. And so I think that's, that's in 2020, I think. And I think people really respect saying, Hey, I don't have it all figured out and I'm, I'm going to mess this up. So. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's great. And I know that every pastor kind of has their own method to approaching their sermons. Our pastor is very prepared and he actually writes a lot of his sermons out. I mean, months and months in advance. And I, I mean, I'm sure there's pastors that do that. I know that there's pastors that go week to week. How has maybe your approach to, maybe it hasn't changed at all, but I guess what is, what is your approach to your sermons? I know before we recorded, you were talking about kind of how you, you know, you go through your sermons week to week with your staff there. Um, you know, what has it been like for you to, to, to prepare your sermons? And has that changed at all, given what, you know, the different major things that have happened in 2020? Yeah, for the first time in my life as a pastor, it's been the greatest thing ever that I usually work work to week to week on my message. Because I feel bad for your pastor. He's like, okay, uh, I got to totally throw this out the window. But no, our process has definitely changed. I mean, we sat down, we did a, a two-day retreat and planned all of 2020's message series. 
and the, the first uh, fourth of the year, like, uh, you know, January through mid March worked perfect. And then the rest of it, we've totally scrapped. Yeah. We, uh, our next series that we were supposed to do, we just scrapped that again. And I think we're to the place of away from one series that we have planned to do in this year. I think all the other ones are going to change. And so we've had to go really series to series. Um, we like to be planned out in advance as far as we can, as for our creative team and that kind of thing. But we've really shifted series to series because so much is changing. Yeah. And so I think being that, that flexibility and then really the process is I, I have, I'm spoiled rotten. I got a great team around me um, we have an executive of content here at the church nice. and he really helps come alongside and help shape and mold and and weave things together and so yeah I, I, I was telling you on Tuesdays I, I sit down with two people and preach half of my message and then we kind of forecast where the rest of the message is gonna go again having planned the series weeks in advance we kind of get to the nitty-gritty stuff and then on Wednesdays uh, I preach the remainder mess of the message uh, uh, the entire message, I should say, to a group of eight or nine people. I call them the firing squad. Yeah. Because uh, today, I mean, today's message, it uh, got torn apart. We, we almost shifted the entire message around. And as that's happening, I'm, I started praying. I'm like, dear Jesus, what are we doing to the message? I am ready to put this baby to sleep. So um, I'd love to have my message finished like right now in the week. And then I can kind of let it percolate and, and focus on other things too. How much confidence does that give you, though, going into the weekend, whenever you're prepared to preach to a large number of people? And, you know, this has been vetted and critiqued. I mean, I know just what, you know, I was a journalist for a number of years and you have multiple editors working on your story. You know, when it gets published, it's going to be, well, you know, at least as as well put together as it could be. I mean, that's got to give you confidence to, to know that you've got people that are really picking your brain. That's the best word that I think I've heard to describe it. Confidence. Um, for a couple different reasons. Um, some Sundays you get to Sunday and you're just in a funk. Like you don't feel the love of Jesus down in your heart. You don't feel any Holy Spirit. And so it's like, gosh, I don't really, I just don't feel like this message is going to hit. Well, even if you don't feel it, you had eight people who are nitpick it. I mean, they annihilate it and they don't play nice. I mean, they, they lay into it for the sake of the message itself. And so on days when I'm just in a funk, I'm like, I can preach this with power knowing that that group of people that love Jesus and love me have signed off on it. So there's that part. But even in days like today, um, you know, in today's world, we're, we're addressing hard things, a virus, racism. I, I, I want to make sure I don't say the wrong thing. Right. Or, or even, even unintentionally say the wrong thing or say something that I take this way that someone else is like, man, when I hear that, this is what I hear. Whether it just is confusing or it just sounds wrong. Like, that sounds that I know you, Adam, and that does not sound like you. And yeah. so there's so much confidence. Like I, 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 um, I've only preached one time without going kind of through the firing squad process on a week. And I can't, I don't know the word to describe it. I felt so naked that week yeah. and vulnerable. I'm like, not, not, not vulnerable in a good way. I'm a vulnerable person, but like, I, is this, is this going to hit? Is this going to connect? And yeah. so uh, for me, it brings so much confidence. That's a great word. Do you do that with, with other content that you write? Like maybe it's articles or obviously like you've written books and you have editors for that. I mean, you know, like I'm, I'm in the process of working on my first book and I've had a number of people come through my chapters and I'm like, look, I want you to give me all of your thoughts on it, whether it's good, bad, I want you to rip it apart. And I think, you know, at least for me, that's been helpful. I mean, do you, rather than just pastoring in, in your sermons, I mean, does that kind of approach you take to other things that you put together as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, it may be to, to differing degrees. I think the book, um, um, the two books I've written have gotten scrutinized even more than a message. I mean, just, I, and I truly try to get a range of perspectives on it. So that's true for that. But even for a blog or um, a post or a communications piece, um, I, so I have two assistants that work alongside of me that make up a full-time position. So one's like 30 hours a week and another's 10. And the two of them are both powerhouses when it comes to writing and communications. And so they, they have both gone through almost everything I put out they've had another pair of eyes on it and just catching like spelling errors. And again, yeah. like that doesn't make sense, Adam, or this, this, uh, it's so good to have that. And, and I, I think for anybody listening, 
I, I hope in any area that you can grow in that that's a helpful thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, I always share, it's taken me years to get to the place where I'm, I'm okay with it. If today meeting that I just had before this would have happened six years ago, I think I would have been like, I'm done. Peace yeah. out of here. Yeah. Cause it was, I mean, it, they really messed with the message this week. Oh yeah. Uh, and yet, um, so it took years of becoming where like, Hey, they're not attacking me. They're speaking to the message. They care about me and they care about our people. And so I think it, for anybody who's a communicator or whatever you do, uh, to have people regularly speaking into you is an important thing and giving them permission. Uh, the only way I wouldn't leave that room, like that meeting that we have is this, uh, if I thought the people were playing nice to me. Yeah. That's what I'd be like, Nope, we're not done with the meeting yet. Uh, I feel like you guys don't like the message. You just don't want to tell me. Yeah. And so, and so I think having an environment like that, that it's, we never draw blood. So nothing's ever personal. Uh, we really just want the best. I think it's kind of a cool environment to be in. Uh, we, we just hired a video guy that just started this week. Um, he came right out of college and I said, I'm so excited for you because you're going to grow so much in the next year or two years or three years because people will speak in on a video. And I, I was like, I, that, that can be intimidating. We, we really warned him and talked about oh, yeah. with him in the interview process, but I'm so excited for you because it's going to be really, really good. Yeah. I just think that being, you know, having the ability to be coachable or accept uh, constructive criticism is a huge skill because I'm a high school tennis coach and I've had plenty of players that they just are not coachable. And, yep. you know, you can tell right away the ones that really adhere to what the coach is trying to tell them. They respect it. And those are the ones that, you know, are going to get better because as, and I get it for young kids, you know, for young kids, it's hard, but you know, even adults struggle with taking criticism. And I just think, oh, yeah. you know, for me going through journalism school, I worked at the student newspaper and I remember my very first article that I turned in, I thought it was like the best thing ever. And my editor sat down with me and by the time that she was done editing it, it was basically something that I hadn't written. And I was like, okay, so this is how it's going to go. So I just had to, you know, really learn, like, I got to be open to suggestions that people have for me. And I think it's a great, I think it's a great school for anybody young to adult to have that. Oh, school. Yeah. And, and to, and to, to keep it for life, like to keep that heart for, for our, our entire lives is, is what I want. I, I was able to sit down recently with a pastor named Nikki Gumble. He started the alpha course uh, in London, one of the most influential materials for establishing the Christian faith for the worldwide church. And he's got to be late sixties, I would say. And he, they just made a major pivot with the, the coronavirus. Typically you could never experience alpha online. It, it it's very interactive and it's in person and they serve a meal. So he's been opposed to it. Um, the virus forced him to shift and they have, they've seen, God move in the, he said, the most amazing, exciting days of my entire ministry are right, happening right now. And he said, now we will have, we will do it. We will have this offered for the rest of my time. And it was so cool to see him even making those shifts and being teachable. But, and I mean, he's so wise. I, he got so, he shared so much wisdom, mm -hmm. but I'm like, God, I want to have a heart like that when I'm late sixties of just this, like, I wonder what God's up to. And I, I wonder what could be tried. And just because I've had success in the past doesn't mean I'm, I, I, if I don't keep changing, I won't have success. And so I, I, I want to be open to that as well. And just really to have that heart of, uh, I'm not an expert. I'm a constant learner. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of mentioned people adapting during this time. And I know, you know, our church here, very fortunately, they've been doing live streaming for 10 years and they have the capability to do that. So frankly, our church did not miss a beat. They, I mean, they offered the same programming awesome. that we had. I mean, they were doing, we were doing a, a, a large group Bible study every Tuesday night that instead of everybody meeting together, pastor just did it online and we watched it. And I think there's going to be a lot of good things that come out of this time for churches. And maybe, I mean, just from your own perspective at your church, I mean, have you guys been, been able to talk about you know, even whenever maybe coronavirus isn't a thing, what, what have you guys decided that you could take from this time period that we've been in and put it, you know, maybe, maybe add to your, what you guys normally offer, whether that's more digital services or other things like that. I mean, how are you guys going to use this to kind of propel your, yourselves forward as a church? 
Yeah. So a couple of different things. I think one of the biggest things, um, I mean, our whole team had to go from being an in-person team to an online team in the, in like what they do for tasks, like, uh, our children's team, there's no kids here. So now they're all an online kids team overnight. And it's been so cool to see our team just totally adapt. But one of the things we really discovered is, and we've wanted to do for some time is have online curriculum for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just never have had the bandwidth. It's never been a focus. And now the content we're pushing out, that's probably for me, and I'm not involved in it at all. So I'm not patting myself on the back. I think it's one of the best products that I've seen for kids ministry. It's amazing. And so we've decided um, that's not going to go away. We're going to continue to do this moving forward. Um, And even leaning into our online even more. I've been doing online I believe since, um, well, we used to have a free live stream account and I always joke, uh, we had a non-paid account. So we had ads and on a regular basis, one of the main ads was uh, tro- Trojans, uh, condoms. <laughs> <laughs> so, so someone was like, can, can, can we get rid of these like commercials? Because I'm watching with my family and all of a sudden Trojan man comes on and we're, we're like, yeah, about that. Um, would you be interested in giving? like to help cover the cost so we can get rid of <laughs> So we started with that and, uh, and uh, they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, we, we don't want Trojan man in our commercials, you know, like obviously, but uh, we don't have money to pay for an account. And so uh, ended up covering that. But even right now, um, we're just, we just bumped up our camera system and added five, six camera angles to our wow. service just to up, to push into it even more. And really like we'll have, an online video host, not just like communicating on this, like in the chat and stuff, but really having a host for the online, like just some of those small things like, Hey, uh, my name is Jason and I want to welcome you to embrace online and like it being interactive and all all that kind of stuff. Um, there's that part of things. And then we've just been trying stuff like, um, something we started because of Carrie Newhoff. Um, he talked he, this is months before the, the virus hit, but he just said, Sherrick, everybody wants content that they can't get elsewhere. And so instead of just putting your message um, on to iTunes, give us some more stuff, like give us some more. And so we cut, we ended up creating something called cut for time. So every week we do a, a podcast where we, we talk me and another person, his name's Jason. We talk about what was cut from the message because of time and we explore things that we wanted to talk about that we didn't have a chance to talk about. That's cool. And, and also even some conversations like, you know, after services, you always have someone that comes up and is like, man, when you said that, it reminded me of this. Or what about this? What about that? And I'm like, man, I didn't address that. So I can address that in the cut for time. Well, with the virus, uh, so we've been doing cut for time. Uh, just last week, we started Facebook Live in it for the first time. Yeah. So it's recorded for our iTunes, but it's also interactive now. Right. Uh, and so there's different, there's, there's those different parts and trying to make the service more interactive, um, really kind of switching the idea of what groups look like. Yeah. Um, something we've been, something we've been kicking around lately is instead of getting people in groups for an hour, um, for the next, you know, however many Wednesday nights, um, kind of, you know, a random group of people, how about we equip people to disciple people at a, you know, a little league baseball game, you know, you're with the same group of people. They may not be Christians, but to really have intentional conversations with them there instead of again, like uh, in addition to little league baseball, we want you to do this thing over here. Instead, it's like, gosh, instead of adding another thing and another commitment, because I think one of the things the virus has revealed is we love having our nights open and not being consumed 24 seven. So it's like, how can we, how can we, instead of forcing our people to come in the church walls and add something on, how about we send them out into the world and just equip them a little bit better and allow them to be the hands and feet of Jesus right where they are? Yeah, that's great. And you mentioned podcasts. I, I'm surprised I haven't seen more churches do something like that. And then you've, yeah. got, you've got your own podcasts, which I'm excited to talk to you about. Because I know, like for me, this is, just, this is just really fun to do. I get to meet people like you and have different people on this show and just talk about different things. You've got a podcast, the Conversation Podcast. It's, I think, very similar to this one. You get different people from the faith world on and basically just have a conversation. I mean, how much fun has this been for you? Yep. And, and what, what has been kind of the most rewarding thing about it for you? It's, uh, you said it best. I've, I absolutely love it. 
um, I, I thought about cutting it and yet it's been so life giving to me. I, same. And, <laughs> I almost cut mine after and, 10 episodes. <laughs> yeah. And it's, so it's, uh, it's been so life giving to me. And during the virus, I have been able to sit down with people that I have no right to sit down with, you know, everything from professional athletes, musicians, pastors that I'm just like, why are you sitting down with me? Because they literally have nothing else to do. (laughs) And so, and so that's why, so it's been really cool. But for me, it's pretty cool. Uh, Even like a a person like Lisa Bevere or uh, JB Brown, the uh, CBS sportscaster. Yeah. you know, here's these two people. If I heard them speak at a conference, I'd be one of 10,000 people or 5,000 people. I'd never be able to have 45 minutes with them that I could sit down and ask them random questions. Yeah. You know, like I met Lisa Bevere's dog and I, I <laughs> like, and I met, I met JB's wife. She was there and, and I interviewed him at his kitchen table right after he just got done doing a live CBS broadcast across the news. Like, I mean, like that's just an awesome opportunity to connect with them and hear their story and so for me it's like I get to go to a conference every single time I have an interview yeah and even even, and even with this like this being able to sit down with you Cole is like man I get to meet this fellow and connect with him and hear what God's doing in him and what he's learning during this season too yeah I mean I was in the same boat I mean I, I literally told my wife I, I was ready to quit it just because you know I I, I, would, I just started it and I didn't feel like I was getting the number of listens that I thought I yep. expected or whatever the case was. Yep. And I was like, yep. why am I spending all this time on it? And then like, thankfully, I mean, I'm, you know, however many episodes deep now and I've been doing it for a while and I, and I just enjoy it. And I've been so like, it's just crazy how like literally the time that I almost decided to quit. And I, and I had this girl on the show, her name is uh, Janae White. She works for B and H publishing and she's, yeah. we have a lot of mutual friends and she's a publicist there. And I reached out to Daniel M who's an author. I don't know if you know who Daniel is. Yep. Um, so, so I was, yep. I, saw, I saw his book on like somebody retweeted it on, on Twitter. And I was like, Oh, that sounds like a great topic for my podcast. Reached out to him. He was like, Hey, why don't you contact Janae? And then from there, Janae has set me up with probably six different authors from B and H that have been on my show. And so I'm like, this is just great. I'm like, and so I was, and I told her that I said, I was literally about ready to quit. And then it was like, I met you and then you helped me book a bunch of guests and it's just kept going from there. So it's crazy. Like the things that God does whenever we don't even expect it. And that's what I've been so amazed by <laughs> with, with this and just with hearing everybody else's story, whenever I've had them on this show, that's just, it's, that's one of my favorite parts about it. It's, it's incredible. And, and then like, I'm, I'm just excited for even your next set of guests that you had no idea that you'd be sitting down with. Yeah. Um, even for me, I, I sat down with Ben Higgins, one of the recent bachelors. I'm not even into the show <laughs> bachelor at all. And so it was funny before the interview, he's like, how did, how did we get connected? And I was like, I actually have no idea. And he's, <laughs> and he's like, no, like, why are, why are we meeting right now? And I said, I, I literally have no idea. <laughs> he starts laughing. He's like, okay, let's hang out. And I'm like, that's what I, I was like, I felt the same way. I was like, until last night when I Insta stalked you, I had no idea that you were even the bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> and he started laughing and I'm like, but it ended up being a really cool connection. Ended up hearing about his story, which was so powerful. Ended up hearing, he started a, um, a, a coffee, like a coffee bean um, like company that, that helps like, uh, provide finances for nonprofits doing amazing things. Here's a guy that I would have never looked into that I was blown away by. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah. We live, I, in, we live in an amazing time right now. I got to hard, have, but also I got to have, uh, Jason Romano from sports spectrum on the, on the show. And I mean, like from there, like I, the summer before, I guess it was about a year ago, I had emailed him and and the other guy at Sports Spectrum about wanting to freelance for them. And they just, they, there was no opportunities at the time. And then I had yep. him on the show and he was like, Hey, I want to talk to you about writing for Sports Spectrum. And I don't know where it is. It's somewhere here, but I could pull out the magazine. I have an article in the, in, in the newest Sports Spectrum magazine. So I had, I had Jason on my show. And from there I said, Hey, uh, this is a shot in the dark. I know, you know, Dan Orlovsky, would you mind making a connection? Well, I got, I got to talk to have, I got to have Dan Orlovsky on my show. So I'm like, I never would have expected when I started this that I'd have Dan Orlovsky and all these other people on my show. So it's fantastic. It's, it's just fantastic. great. It's just awesome what God has done. So yeah, I'm, 
I mean, what is, what are maybe some, some conversations that stand out to you on yours? I mean, I know you've had a lot of different guests, but I mean, like for me, I know there are certain moments on my show so far that have really stood out, but I mean, for you, just like whenever you, yeah. maybe you've had one or two episodes that you're like, man, I really want people to hear that one. For me, I, I mentioned them already. I, I just felt like a genuine connection with Lisa Bevere. Um, I mean, I, I I was not a fan or a follower of hers solely for the back because I didn't I didn't know her stuff. Um, but but sitting down with her, we I feel like we had a Holy Spirit filled time. And the same with with JB, um, the sportscaster, uh, Nikki Gumble. I connected with him. Um, I, I always try to end uh, I end the episode and then I try to talk to them a couple of minutes without a camera so they know it's genuine and I'm not just saying stuff. And so I shut it off um, the recording and Nikki right at the very end said, Hey, can I, can I pray for you? And he prayed one of the most, the whole time he was praying, I'm like, would it be weird to re record again? <laughs> I mean, it was just one of the most powerful prayers. And so I think, I think that, um, you know, I got a couple interviews coming up that I'm just really, really excited about musicians and um, some professional athletes and that kind of thing. And just to, um, just to connect with them. Another one I'll never forget is I sat down. Uh, he was an NBA basketball player for years. His name's Mike Miller. Oh yeah. Um, I know. Cause you're in, of, you're in South Dakota, right? Yeah. 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 So South, yeah. so South Dakota kid and the pride of Mitchell, uh, South Dakota, <laughs> Mitchell, South yeah, Dakota. I've been to South Dakota. I've been to the corn palace. So dude, I, you are officially, I, I told my wife yesterday, South- like she knows my, our vacation to South Dakota was when I was a kid is one of my favorite vacations. Sioux Falls. It's lovely a great city. place. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great place. So yeah. I knew Mike was from, I knew Mike was from South Dakota. So, and I, I was looking back at some of your guests. I saw that he was one of your first guests. So uh, d- didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, I, I mean, no, I know. no. Yeah. But Mike's, the, awesome my, my, Mike's a great guy. And, and I think God's doing some really cool things in Mike. And, um, that day, I don't know what it was, but, um, I saw my, um, roommate from college, his dad is the main sports caster here for our region is the most well-known sportscaster in the region. And um, so I reached out to him because I knew Mike Miller was coming to town and asked if he could cook it up for me. So it, it, it was the only side interview that Mike Miller did away from just addressing all the cameras at once. It was the most bizarre moment. There's all kinds of cameras. He's doing this sports camp. So there's all these people their autograph and literally right after the main thing, they're like, um, Hey, you, you got, you got 20 minutes with him. And so he walks out of this crowd of people, you know, everybody hanging on him and whatever else. And I just, before we recorded, I just asked him how he was doing and really just um, kind of tapped into the humanity side of him. And the two of us just had a really, I don't know how to work, describe holy moment together. Yeah. Of just me acknowledging him as a human. Yeah. And didn't talk about sports and blah, blah, blah. Just talked about life. And I thought it was a really cool moment of just discovering the humanity inside of him. Yeah. Um, and even recently, another just kind of really cool moment for me, I interviewed a former uh, NFL Super Bowl champion, the whole nine yards. Um, he retired a couple of years ago after an injury and we got, we'd finished recording. So it was just him and I on it. And um, I just asked him if there was anything I could pray for. And he ended up sharing some big heart stuff with me. He was really struggling. And I said to him, I said, honestly, I think away from the interview, this is why you and I got together and exchanged phone numbers and have texted. And he's, and he's initiated with me several times since of, hey, I'm kind of struggling today and um, whatever else. And so those are just holy moments of having those connections. Yeah, that's great. I love hearing that. I love, I mean, podcasts are obviously becoming a huge thing if they weren't already. And uh, there's so many different podcasts out there, but you know, I, I hope people are finding yours because it sounds like there's great yeah. conversations on there. There's so many people that are bringing awesome conversations and you know, there's, if you're looking for great encouraging conversations, I mean, you know, yours sports spectrum, you know, there's plenty of other yeah. ones that, that, are, that, are, that are awesome. So I love hearing that. I awesome. love hearing those kind of stories. I wanted to ask you, you know, about obviously about your new book. Um, so this episode's coming out on yeah. August 24th. So your book is out on August 25th. So tomorrow, if people are listening to this, on yes. Monday, your book is out tomorrow. This is your second book, um, but walk me through. I mean, how did you get the idea for this, and, and what are you hoping people take away from this book? Yeah, so the book's called Love Has a Name, and it's, uh, I wrote this book during a time where I had never struggled to love people more. Um, I, I went through just a hard, hard leadership season, 
and um, usually showing kindness and love and kind of joy are kind of my strong suits. Well, I wrote this during a time when that was not, not the case. And I think uh, I, I really it's kind of been cool just to see the timeliness of it. We are so divided right now. Um, we constantly look for what we disagree on rather than what, what, what our common ground is. And so love is one of those things. It's a word that we shout from the rooftops. I mean, if you are a human in 2020, the banner of love is something you need to carry. And yet I would argue it's never been more absent from our lives and our words and our attitudes and our assumptions about people. And so it's like, gosh, we quick to shout it. And yet we don't have much of it. And then Jesus is like, oh, and by the way, uh, loving God and loving others is it's the most important thing. It's like, well, that's a predicament. Like, like yeah. oh my gosh. Like, uh, and so it's like uh, we shout love, but we're quick to trash the person online who thinks differently than us. We shout love and we sing about it. And yet we, you know, judge the stranger who looks strange. We, you know, shake our fist at other drivers. And so it just seems so absent. And so it's like, what does it learn to, to truly love? And Again, I wrote it in a time where I was like, Jesus, I don't know how to love right now. I don't want to love. I'm jaded. I'm cynical. And so um, really the heart of the book is just like, what, is it what does it look like to love the difficult and the different people in our lives? Yeah. And so uh, really looking not at me. If you hear anything about me, I hope the one thing you'd hear is that guy doesn't have anything figured out. <laughs> um, but I'm attempting to follow the one who does. Yeah. And so yeah. each, each chapter is a person's name. Um, and it's, uh, it's the name of someone who has either loved me or I've tried to love them okay, combined, yeah. combined with someone similar that Jesus loved. So every, every chapter, um, like chapter two is Jake. Jake was my best friend in elementary school. Chapter three is Joy. Joy is a lady who, um, uh, after my parents failed business, they filed for bankruptcy. And this, this lady named Joy, she's a single lady in her 60s, never been married, never had kids. We ended up helping my parents to buy, buy, buy a home. Uh, chapter four is Antonio. It's a, a guy who's 21 years old uh, in my church, but has kind of the capacity mentally wise of like a 10-year-old. And so I first met Antonio. I think I was talking about something like divorce during a message on a Sunday, and he started laughing. And I was like, why would someone laugh about divorce? And then the next week I mentioned cancer and he started laughing. Um, and not because he thought it was funny. It, that's kind of his nervousness is the laugh. And so I'm like, who in their right mind would laugh about cancer or divorce? And our campus pastor is like, hey, let me introduce you to Antonio. And when I first met Antonio, uh, as I was walking up to him, he started shaking. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, who's, who's he excited for? And he was excited to see me. <laughs> and I'm like, Antonio, is that your name? And he'd be like, yes. I mean, like, it was like, <laughs> it's like, dude, man, my wife doesn't get that excited to see me, you know? And then I'm like, are you, are you a part of, an, of embrace the church, the church here? You know? Yes. And from that day on, uh, I never, I, his chapter is all about extravagant love. And I talk about the woman who took her uh, jar of perfume and put it all over Jesus. And, you know, other people were telling her like, you're wasting it, blah, blah, blah. And she's an embarrassment, all this kind of stuff. And, and I think it's easy to look at Antonio and say like, gosh, he's kind of overreacting a little bit. He shouldn't get that excited to meet his pastor. And um, also, can he just keep it down and not be so, I mean, we're, we have an, uh, you know, I just picture the Pharisees. We're hanging out with Jesus here. Like, and, you know, for me, it could be like, could you just keep it down? We're talking about cancer here. And yet Antonio teaches me what it looks like to love extravagantly. And yeah, I, I want to I be, I I be someone who does that to other people. I love the approach to that book. And, and one of my favorite things to talk to authors about, just because I'm working on my own first book and I'm a, I mean, I'm a writer, I love hearing the approach of how authors get from start to finish and how they, like, I, I just, I think it's such a neat way to, to tell, I mean, it's, it's a very creative way, I think, to tell Jesus's love and using the examples, like here's somebody in the Bible that looks like somebody. And I think what that ultimately will do, and I'm sure this is your hope, your hope is that people will say like, I have people just like this in my own life that I can yes. love, you know, I think yes. it really, I think it helps humanize Jesus in the Bible and the love of the Bible. I think it's a great approach. I'm excited for you. Uh, 
Well, I appreciate the kind words. It, it, honestly, it honestly felt like one of those ideas that wasn't mine, but that was really the hope was to, to, to humanize in a good way, Jesus, and also to bring the, the Bible to, uh, alive. And like, man, I do have people like this in my life. And sometimes like some of the people in the story, like uh, one guy's his name, his name's Captain. Uh, Captain was um, uh, probably 60 year old man, a white man. Uh, on my way home from church one night, uh, it was 14 degrees in the middle of the winter. And uh, I'm driving on a side street by my house that nobody drives on. And Captain is what he told me. Uh, his name was, was lying on the middle of the road, uh, completely intoxicated. And so I came up, I came up, to, I'd never met him before. So I, I came up to Cap, uh, to this guy and I'm like, hey. Uh, and he starts cursing me out right away. Leave me the F alone. And I'm like, well, I, can't, I probably can't do that. You're going to freeze to death. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. And so to try to distract him, I said, what's, what's your name? He said, Captain. And I, all I could think was Captain Morgan, maybe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm like, okay, Captain. Well, uh, I'm going to help you up and we're going to bring you somewhere. And, uh, you know, like I was going to bring him to, um, there's a, a home that people can stay in. So I, I, cause I didn't think he was that drunk. And so I got him up. He start we start walking to our car and then he falls into a snowbank. And now I'm like, I know I got to help him now. Like the guy is literally going to die right here. If I don't help him, yeah. he starts cursing me out again. And, um, so the person I talk about, I, I combine him. Jesus once met a man named Legion, um, and when Jesus uh, came, when he got to shore, actually Legion ran up and said, stay away from me, stay away from me. And it was so much like what Captain that night and, um, and Jesus didn't stay away right. from me. And so I kind of, I didn't stay away from him either, even though he wanted me to. And so it's just so cool to see, uh, and we all, you said it perfectly, we, we all have people in our lives. Like Jake, um, I can say this openly, is not a Christian. Um, we've kept in contact for years. He's not a Christian. It's so cool. Even through someone who doesn't know Jesus, they can show us aspects of who Jesus is and who, uh, how Jesus loves. So that's my hope. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I, I love that. How many, how many different chapters, like how many different people and stories do you have in this book? <clears throat> there is 23 people in one school. Okay. Wow. All right. So, <laughs> so a lot. So, yeah. Like, uh, the, I have the writing skills skills of roughly a fifth or sixth grader. So don't be impressed. <laughs> so the chapters are not long. Someone's like, oh my gosh, that's got to have like six, six, 700 pages in it or like 220. Yeah. So when I say one chapter, think half a chapter. <laughs> think, think like a blog post, like yeah. <laughs> a short, a yeah. short, concise blog post. Yeah. My wife just read, uh, I don't remember the name of it, but it's a book. I think his name is Seth Haynes. And I, I can think of the cover yes. of it exactly. But the chapters and the pages, are all, they're all very short like that too, though. Like the pages, they don't even, the words don't even fill out all the pages. So it was like, it looked like a lot of chapters, but it was just like, that's how it was structured. I mean, it's just. Seth, Seth Haynes is a good guy. He helped me edit my first book. Really? Okay. And it's just, it's just a great dude. He's, and he's a sharp cat, man. Seth, Seth is a sharp dude. Yeah, she's He's got like, the book yeah. probably on this bookshelf behind me somewhere. I'll have to check it out and read that because, yeah, we, awesome. my wife and I have so many books, more so me that I need to read. She's pretty good about getting them, reading them, and moving on to the next one. I like to yeah. stockpile a bunch of books, and then I'm like, oh, I can't wait to read all these. And I'm like, oh, wait, now I've got like 12 books that I need to read. So like, yeah. I, just had, I just had Luke Norsworthy on my podcast, <laughs> and he had, he had a book come out recently. And whenever you order his new book, they, his publisher sent you his first book for free. And so I've got both of his books now that I've got to read. And I'm like, all right, I got, at least one of them's on audio and it's like four or five hours. I'm like, I can listen to that and then go to the other one too. So that's good. That's really good. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm, so, kind of a combina- I'm kind of a combination. I used to be a ton of books and didn't get through them. I've been like pleasantly surprised with my life. Maybe discipline sets in when you turn 38 or something like that. Yeah. Because I've been finishing books. Right now, right now, I'm finishing the book Suffer Strong by Jay and Catherine Wolf. And man alive, that is a good book. Yeah. To anybody who's, anybody who's suffered or really went through a season of hardship or just, just kind of a brutal time in life, highly recommend that book. And two of the best people I've ever met. Yeah. I, my goal this year is to read 25 books, which is 
I, I think it's it's doable, but I have not used the quarantine season as well as I should have to reading books because I was doing two a month and that's about what it took. Cause I was like, if I do two books a month, I'll just send you to one month where I do three a month. And I, I, I just haven't done it. I mean, I've, 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 I've I think I've finished six or seven this year. So I've got a lot of ground to make up, so. <laughs> but they've all been good books. I actually read one by John Bevere, uh, killing kryptonite. I read that one earlier uh, this year. Yeah. So I've, yeah. I finished that. I'm and trying I just, to, I, go ahead. you go, you go. Uh, so I just finished, uh, it's called Growing Down by Michael Kelly. And it's all about, I think it's, I think the subtitle is Unlearning the Patterns of Adulthood that Keep Us from Jesus. So it's all about oh, wow. kind of like, it's like a, it's like a really creative look at the idea of having faith like a child. So that was, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's, that's incredible. I just finished. Yeah. I'm trying to think of um, how to help you get back on track. If you need to read that many books. <laughs> well, I need to get the audio books out. Little- yeah. The audiobooks are good. Audio I can book. those while I'm on the road or something. I was like, uh, we shouldn't even think about something like this, but maybe it'll take something more severe than the virus to help you reach your goal this year. <laughs> well, part of it is that I was doing my own podcast and I'm writing my own book. So I'm like, I've got to get a little bit of, uh, give myself a little bit of grace here. And like, you know what? Like, I don't need to do, every, I, don't, I don't need to conquer everything during quarantine, but. Yeah, I still should. I should be able to read two books a month. That should be the, the as a as an English teacher. I should be able to sit down and read two books a month. But here we are. <laughs> my thing is my thing has been exercise. I've like I've started exercising again for the first time since uh, my senior year of college. Okay, that's been that's kind of been the main thing that I've added in my routine. Yeah, and it's it's been actually really really cool just to have that more in a rhythm and in a healthy place. So that's, that's been my big life change yeah. uh, from the coronavirus. Yeah. Well, that kind of plays into, I usually, I always like to ask my guests uh, one question here at the end of the episodes, you know, the show is called in no hurry. And so the idea is kind of to, just to create space in our lives to slow down and, and kind of recalibrate and refocus. Obviously the quarantine season kind of did that for us where, uh, you know, we, weren't as busy. We didn't have things distracting us as much as we That's used right. to. Um, but for you personally, maybe, you know, pre COVID-19 and maybe even during or after COVID-19, you know, what, what do you, what do you do uh, just to kind of, you know, whenever your life feels like it's going too fast, what do you do to kind of slow down and recalibrate and refocus everything? That's a great question. So I'm a person just to confess, I am wired so tight and, uh, um, the staff jokes around here. If Adam has an hour of extra time, watch out. Cause who knows what he's going to dream up. <laughs> and so, so I'm just to say it, I'm not great at resting and I'm not good at slowing down. And it's really taken um, kind of that hard season. I, I mentioned when I wrote the book um, really forced me to slow down. And so I feel like I have just some, some healthy rhythms that I've added not even necessarily because of the virus, but because of just life and exercise is definitely one of them. Um, I force myself to sit on my front porch on a regular basis. Like every day I'm on my front porch at some point and, you know, just to sit there for 30 minutes and, and listen to the birds and, and watch my kids. And the other night, Friday night, um, I've just really tried to see the beauty in things. Um, just really intentionally searching for beauty in things. Uh, a friend of mine, he's a writer too, named Tim Willard. I, I would argue one of the greatest writers, like true writers. I'm not a writer. Again, I have the fifth, sixth grade writing. Tim Willard can write. Um, one of his focus really in life, whether he's this, said this or not, is finding God's beauty everywhere. And so even this other night, I laid out in my grass with my daughter and I, we looked at, you know, we're on our backs looking up at the trees and just, we saw a different viewpoint of the trees. And I'm just like, man, Baby, I asked my daughter, how many leaves do you think are on that tree? Mm-hmm. And just seeing the design and everything, it just, um, there's something about being connected with nature that helps us still our souls down. Uh, Christopher Hitchin, the atheist, his brother is a believer. I can't remember where I saw it, but he talked about one time uh, when we're in the city for so long and we can't see the stars, it disconnects us from God. And I, I think the stars might be something different for each of us when we can't see that greater. I mean, the stars just give you that immediate perspective. I'm so small. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was on a cruise last summer and just being out in the middle of the ocean. Um, again, it's just like, I'm so tiny. And this boat, it's just like, it's just like a hair 
like a, literally like the size of a hair in a puddle, you know, not, not even smaller than that. And so I think just those moments to remember that you're not God is so important. So I sitting on my front porch, laying on my grass, um, even random things like yesterday, I, I'm going to do it later again today. Um, I parked by one of the busiest roads in Sioux Falls and the, my sign just simply said, need prayer question mark. And I sat on my, on my lawn chair that my parents had when I was a little kid. It's one of those fold out ones. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to be so sad when it completely dies one day, <laughs> but uh, I set my chair up. A buddy owns a business right on Minnesota Avenue. So I text him. I'm like, would you care if I was a nut in your parking lot? And he's like, totally fine. Do whatever you need to do. So I'm out there and even just that, I'm just slowing down and, um, got to pray for a nurse, got to pray for a couple officers, a dad. Like it's just, it was just those types of rhythms still my soul. And I, um, again, I'm not naturally good at it. And the other ways that, that I don't think, I don't think a lot of us are, I don't think a lot of us are very good at it. (laughs) We're not Well, in this. I think that's what the virus like revealed to us. Yeah. I mean, uh, don't want to slow down. I don't care. You're stuck in your house. It's like, what? Yep. Um, but even for me, walks are something that just really stills my soul. Yeah. And so just walking and not listening to anything, um, just walking. Um, I think it's such a helpful thing. That's a great question. What about you? I I play tennis. Uh, that's my main thing, but I haven't been able to play because they took the nets down at the courts during quarantine. Thankfully they're, they're back open, but that was, that's like my main recreation. And, but my wife and I have been going on walks just about every single day. Uh, and that's been really nice because uh, she's a mental health therapist and I, I'm yeah. thankfully I can work from home and she's been able to do a lot of her therapy sessions from home. And so we've just been able to spend a lot more time together and that's, that's been great. really nice. So, you know, I, I, I used to really like, not, not that I didn't like walks. It just was, I would find them kind of boring. Cause I feel like, you know, we'd walk around the same neighborhood, but we, we, we go to different places around town and walk and, uh, it's just, it's just nice to get out and it's, it's just a really good chance for she and I to talk and, you know, we we never really take our phones. And so we're just kind of with each other and, you know, we always kind of just appreciate the different architecture of the houses around our town and that kind of thing. So that's been right now, I think for this year, that's probably been the main thing that I've done is just like, I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm a huge sports fan. And I never thought that I could get through a season of no March madness, no baseball, like nothing. And I've been completely fine. Nothing. I mean, like if baseball comes back or, you know, like if when sports come back, like I'll, I'll gladly watch it, but I'm also, <laughs> I'm also, I'm, I'm also fine. Like, it's not like I, I come I'm a big St. Louis Cardinals fan. And like, you know, I, I normally would like, if I had nothing else to do that night, I would just come home. I'd sit on, sit on my couch and I'd watch baseball. Well, can't do that. And I don't really care. Like I'm fine to just hang out. And my wife and I have been watching a lot of different TV shows on Netflix. We've just been like spending time together talking, um, probably time that I should have been spent reading my books, but you know, <laughs> uh, but other than that, no, I mean like we've just been going on walks and just kind of been spending a lot of time together and it's just been really, really nice. That's fantastic. I I'm uh, envious of the whole tennis playing thing. Yeah. I played racquetball. I played racquetball in college just like for fun and stuff. I yeah. feel like tennis is the greatest old man sport ever. Yeah. And so I, yeah, it's, it's, the I need one. to pick it up. I, baseball has always been my first love. Just, I loved playing it. I've always loved following it. I still love watching baseball more than any other sport, but when you're five foot seven and not very strong, it's kind of hard to play a high level at baseball. And thankfully tennis was just something that came naturally to me. And I was, I was good enough to play at a high level. And so that was, uh, made it a lot more fun to be able to compete. So I just, I picked it up, you know, probably whenever I was 12 and have played, you know, there's been a couple, couple years where I've taken off, but, um, you know, since, since I started coaching in my mid twenties and started playing, you know, I didn't really play much in college cause I was so focused on school yeah. and I was yeah. working at the student paper. So I didn't play very much in college, but, uh, when I got out of college, I started playing back again. And it, it's just, it's been nice. Cause I've been able to like, we, we moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky back in October and we just don't know a lot of people here. And thankfully I've been able to get plugged in with a good group of, uh, people around the community that play tennis. So, that, so. that's, that, that's great. Not to mention one of the greatest looking bald men of all time. Andre, Andre, Agassi. A- Andre Agassi. After he had a big old mullet though. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. I can remember when he buzzed his head. I was like, there's hope. Yeah. Thank you. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. 
All Andre right, well, Agassi, Andre Agassi, The Rock, and Bruce Willis. There we go. Oh, yeah, and, like, and Michael legacies. Jordan too. Michael Jordan. Michael also. Jordan. Is what I- yeah. <laughs> well, Adam, this was awesome. Thanks for joining the show, man. I can't wait to read your book. I hope everybody picks it up and reads it, and you know, really takes to heart the messages that are part, you know, part of these stories in the book. I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited for for you to. I know it's always exciting for authors whenever their book comes out, and I just. I pray that it's well received and I, and I know it will be, but I, I pray that people hear the messages that you're hoping them to hear as they read that book. Cool. I really appreciate the kind of words and just the, the chance to connect with you. And I said it before we, we started recording. Thanks for the work that you do. And it's just awesome to think about the people who are impacted and encouraged and challenged by the words that you're sharing through the podcast. Well, as you can tell, Adam is just genuinely a really, really awesome guy. And if you don't already, I would suggest following him on social media. He's at Adam Weber on Twitter and Instagram. Give him a follow. He's just super encouraging. One of the most positive people that I have on my social media feeds. And his book, like like he talked about, I think is coming at a great time. And just the idea of loving people is something that I think we always can have more focus on. And so I'm really thankful for his book. Can't wait to dive into that. Hope you guys will check that book out. There are links in the show notes for you to find places to purchase that. So it comes out August 25th. If you're listening to this on the 24th, that is tomorrow. So it's coming out real soon. Hopefully that's something you guys can grab and dive into, especially as we enter the election season. Hey, if you guys need me at all, you know where to find me. I'm Cole Claiborne on basically every single social media platform. Except Facebook, I'm Cole Douglas Claiborne on there. So make sure you go like my page on Facebook. And I would love for you guys to subscribe to my newsletter that comes out every single Monday. And this week, actually, we had a guest post from Adam. So uh, hopefully you're going to try to change it up sometimes and have different people posting in there with some of their encouraging words. And we're going to continue doing some more giveaways. We gave away a Starbucks card last week. So we're going to continue doing some more giveaways. So if you're into free stuff and hopefully some encouraging words in your mailbox every Monday, subscribe to my newsletter. There's a link in the show notes for that as well. But I'm just super grateful you guys are tuning in. Thank you for listening to this episode with Pastor Adam Weber. I hope it was uplifting. I hope it was encouraging. And I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you find some time to relax and not be in a hurry. And we will see you next week.